morning. I want to welcome you to First Baptist Sandy Springs. And those of you who might be visiting with us, welcome to Georgia and the weather in Georgia. Monday and Tuesday, we had we were in the 70s. Then we had flooding for two days. And then we had snow yesterday. So welcome to Georgia and the weather of Georgia. And thank you, Father God, for the weather that you give to us. We are here to worship this morning, so I would ask you to stand as we begin our service together. <clears throat> Beautiful name it 
Touched me, oh Jesus, touched me. 
touched me and made me Okay, thank you. So for the past several weeks, we've been looking at the DNA of the early church. In doing that, we're really seeking to become more like them. We focused on this verse in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, about the early church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. A couple of weeks ago, we did the apostles' teaching, doctrine. Last week, we did fellowship, and today we're going to do breaking of bread. But back to fellowship for just a second. And I need somebody good at math. You're, you can't be volunteered. You have to volunteer yourself. I'm not going to make you do anything. I just want you to help me figure out how many, how many answers were given. I want to know the state you were born in. Everybody born in Georgia, raise your hand. So those of us born in Georgia, me too. So we know your people are born in Georgia. So if you didn't raise your hand about Georgia, where were you born? Did, uh, we got Georgia, we got Louisiana, we've got Indiana, we've got Kentucky, Michigan, Tennessee. We're going to get to other countries in a second. Florida has, wants to get out there. Louisiana, Tennessee. Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, another Michigan, South Carolina, Mississippi, California, first one, Bill, Indiana, what state were you born in, sir? What state were you born in? Kentucky, got another Kentucky. We're going to do different countries in a minute here. Texas, that's the first Texan. Oh, big red, Nebraska. Nebraska. We're not going to turn it into a sporting event, but Nebraska. We're going to do another country in a second. West Virginia. We got another Florida. Another Hoosier. North Carolina. Another Texan. We're in Michigan. Another Kentucky. Maine. South Carolina, Mississippi. So we've got all sorts of us together. We got a Buckeye up here. Thank you very much. Now, other countries, there are other countries. We have Germany, we have Finland, we have Trinidad. Any other countries? Should we get along? I mean, we got some Yankees in here. I mean, let's just be honest here. We've got some Yankees in here. And we've got Buckeyes and Hoosiers. They don't get along. The people from Florida want to make you know, you know, they're from Florida. Well, we play football in Florida, and they in Georgia don't get along. And, of course, LSU, the, our Cajun friends have won the national championship. Joe, you started this, or Jeff, you started this with Go Big Red Nebraska. And 30 years ago, that would have been relevant. <laughs> Sorry, I just... 
That was ugly, wasn't it? That, God forgive me for that one. I apologize. And so, should we get along? Why? Ah, she gets to the heart of the matter. Because we're all God's children. Isn't that beautiful? Let's pray together. And Lord, we are. Doesn't matter where we are from. It matters that, well, it matters who we know. And because of our love for you, we can love everybody in this room and fellowship with them and learn and love and serve with them. So, Father, thank you for our beginnings, but thank you for our right now that here we are with people from, well, all over this planet. And we love one another. And we fellowship with one another. And today we break bread together. Help us to never take moments like that for granted. Forgive us when we do. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. We looked at breaking bread together briefly about a month ago. I shared with you then, some say the first rule of church growth is if you feed them, they will come. And I like it. And I told you about a story of an American pastor visiting Brazil and traveling with a seminary student who was his guide. And as they were driving through the country, the pastor asked the student, would you like to get a cup of coffee? And the student said, I'd be honored. And so the pastor swings through a drive-thru at a Starbucks and gets coffees to go. And they're driving and the student gets quiet. And the pastor notices something's wrong and he asks, what's the matter? And the student said, I thought you were asking me to be your friend. I, I thought we were going to sit together and share life. Isn't that beautiful? That's what breaking of bread together does. And we live in such a hurried, harried world. And so the early church often ate together. And there's something special about eating together. Um, that's why the announcements are in the bulletin. Men, we need to break bread together. Women, you need to break bread together. And every now and then we'll all get together. But we need to do that. And we're probably all a lot alike. One of my favorite things to do is to feed my family. You like that when everybody's home? I love it when their cars are in the driveway and the kids and the grandkids are there. And a lot of you are shaking your heads because you love it too. And Jeannie and I get to feed them. We get to break bread together and sit around the table and enjoy we have visitors today, dear friends from Indiana, Barry and Cindy and Peg. And we, um, when we first found out they were coming, they're on their way back to Indiana from Florida. Our, among our first thoughts were, what are we going to feed them? Don't you do that when you know company's coming, you kind of get that in your mind and you, you kind of figure out and wonder how you're going to pay for it. And, and all of that happens. And so we, we broke bread together and we've done it many, many, many times and it's just it's special. Just a few verses after our focus on Acts 2.42, we, we see the, this in verse 46 about the early church. It says this, day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, that's teaching and fellowship from verse 42, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts. That's beautiful. Glad and generous hearts. In biblical cultures, the practice of hospitality was one of the highest virtues. Um, 
you put your heart and your soul into it. You might remember the story uh, from, of Abraham in, in Genesis chapter 18. I'm going to just read you a little bit of this. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of the tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, hurry, get three large measures of your best flour, knead it into dough, and bake some bread. And then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to a servant who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat and served it to the men, and they ate. And Abraham waited on them in the shade of the tree. Now, it's debated, and you can go home and read Genesis 18. It's debated exactly who Abraham was feeding and if he even knew it at the time. It says three men. Some say it's three angels, likely. Some say it's God and two angels, perhaps. But Abraham, it really didn't matter who it was. He was showing hospitality to them by breaking bread. And this time it also included a little meat and a little dairy as well. And when you read something like that, it's interesting to note that, I mean, he had to send out and get fresh meat. This had to take a while. This is an effort. This is an involved event that they are doing. When we read Hebrews going to the New Testament 13, we might think of this encounter in Genesis 18. Hebrews 13, 1 and 2, you know this one. Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters, no matter where you're from. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Maybe that's talking about Genesis 18. I don't want to get too sidetracked in this, but it really doesn't matter who it is that we are serving. Remember what it says in Matthew 25, separation of the sheep and the goats, and the reward and the punishment for following, being Christ followers. In verses 37 to 40 of Matthew 25, we see this. The righteous ones who've made it will say, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty, give you drink, a stranger, show you hospitality, naked, give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? The king will say, I'll tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So Matthew 25 kind of lets us know whoever we are helping, whatever we are doing, we're helping Jesus. And so that probably should make us think a little bit differently about how we go about our lives. But back to the early church breaking their bread together. Let me tie, if I can, what they did with what Abraham did and what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 25. Breaking bread requires being together. It requires knowing one another. It requires effort. It requires sacrifice. It requires planning. It requires service. And it requires acceptance. And I'm going to repeat that again in a moment, but isn't that a far cry from our society today? In many places, Neighbors don't even know one another by name. The world that we live in. In churches, that can happen as well. 
but break to bread together and you will learn. One of my favorite things that we do wherever I've been as a church is breaking bread together. And at Christmas, Thanksgiving here, we do our shrimp boil. And it's always fun doing that. And my friend Yuriki is shaking his head because, Yuriki, had you ever been to a shrimp boil before? That was his first time. I guess they don't do that in Helsinki. But we did it. And, and I kind of skipped from table to table. But I remember vividly Yuriki's table. Thomas and Sonia and Yuriki and Bill and Brenda. Am I missing anybody, Thomas? Was that about it? And I don't know if that group had ever been together before, but they had the best time. And Sonia told me they're exchanging phone numbers at the table. And it happened as we were breaking bread together. It's beautiful. Last Sunday after church, Jeannie and I were invited to David and Vicki Nash's house for lunch. And we broke bread together. And we learned more of each other. And back to what I said a moment ago. It requires being together. It requires knowing one another. It requires effort. It requires sacrifice. It requires planning. It requires service. It requires acceptance. So thank you, David and Vicki, for doing those things for us. By the way, if you would like your name mentioned in a sermon, just feed Jeannie and I after church, and I'll get you right in there, okay? Mm. <laughs> we didn't make the cut. That's all right. But breaking to bread together, that was important to Jesus. It showed his love. Remember after he called Matthew to be a disciple? Do you remember Matthew, what he was before he was a disciple? He was a tax collector. And we don't like him now. They really didn't like him then. And his name was Levi. So Matthew, like Saul to Paul, got a name change from Levi to Matthew. Luke tells the story about Matthew beginning in verse 27 of chapter 5. As Jesus left town, he saw a tax collector named Levi, that's Matthew, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything, and followed Jesus. Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. And many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with him. His circle of influence were his kind of people, and Jesus ate with them. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples, why do you eat and drink with such scum? Why would Jesus eat and drink with such scum? The Pharisees, as you know, were a very religious group and a very unloving group. They would not dare to eat with common people. The question is, what kind of love is that? It's not love at all, is it? Not at all. And the early church probably loved being able to eat together because they were accepted and they were loved. And breaking bread together became known in the early church in the first century as the love fest. 
or the agape test. A lot of you know the word agape, the Greek word for a God kind of love. What they did is they called this the agape meal, and they made the agape plural. So it was all about love, not really as much about food as you think. The breaking of bread was all about love. And so it was a potluck of the early church. And it was a special time together of service and love and fellowship and getting to know each other the way we love today. And very often afterwards, they would share communion, the Lord's Supper. And isn't that the greatest example of breaking bread? It's not a coincidence that Jesus chose to use that example of something we would all understand. In Matthew 26, while they were eating breaking bread verse 26 says Jesus took a loaf of bread and after blessing it he broke it gave it to the disciples and said take eat this is my body then he took a cup and after giving thanks he gave it to them saying drink from it all of you for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins they really had no idea what that meant at the time but not long thereafter, they saw him on a cross and they understood the body given, the blood given. So today, if you're a Christian, and you don't have to be a member here, you have to be a believer in Christ, you're invited to the table. And if you're not a believer, you're invited to become one, to join this love fest, all about Jesus' love for us and then our love for one another. Years ago, I was a preteen and we would spend our summers in Ackerman, Mississippi, of all places, after my mother died and my dad remarried a lovely lady from there. And dad would hire a man named Ray Yarborough. I've told you about Ray before, to come and help us do yard work. And I liked Ray, but Ray grew up in a different world and a different generation than I did. He was a black man in Mississippi, and he'd seen some hard times. I was probably... 11 and he was probably 60 something I don't know and we would break for lunch and we would always have a place at the table for Ray but he'd never come to the table he'd take his plate and he'd go somewhere else because he just didn't think he belonged at our table he also called me sir and I didn't like that a 65-year-old calling an 11 sir, so I called him sir right back. And Ray didn't know how to deal with me either. But Ray taught me something special. All are welcome in the table, but you've got to choose to go. You've got to choose. Let's pray together. Father God, we come to your table today to receive communion. We thank you for the privilege and Father, we thank you for the love that washes away our sins because you've given your body and your blood to forgive us of so much. So Father, as we come to the table, we come from all over the world and all over this country, but we come as your children, breaking bread together. Father, very often in this moment, we will focus on ourselves, and we do, but today, let us also focus on fellowship and with great joy let us receive because we are part of your family breaking bread together in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
going to ask our deacons if they'd come forward at this time. As they serve you, please know there are two cups in each slot stacked on top of one another. The juice is in the top. The bread is in the bottom one. So make sure you grab both of them when you receive. Let's pray together. Again, Father, as we receive, make us truly thankful. Again, and we will celebrate together the fact that we can break bread given to us by Jesus himself. In his name we pray. From coast to coast, the Carolinas to California, from above the Mason-Dixon line, from Maine to as far as you can get down to Florida, from Germany and Finland and Trinidad, we should be a thankful group. We get to break bread together, given to us by Jesus himself. He took the bread, and he said, as often as we do this, we remember.
then scripture teaches he took the cup. They did not know what we know today, giving his body and his blood for us. We sing about that. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. As often as we do this, we will. I don't know if I've ever thought about communion outside of just myself. And we always are quiet and reflective of our own lives at the time. And that's good. But I think of it today in terms of the body. Something that bonds us together. We should be the most thankful of people, should we not? That we get to fellowship together. No matter who we are, no matter where we are from, that we're brothers and sisters in Christ. What a fellowship, what a joy to bind, leaning on the everlasting arms. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. And as you break bread, remember who gave it to you.